Chapter thirty four of Plum Pudding of Divers Ingredients Discreetly Blended and Seasoned. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America. Plum Pudding of Divers Ingredients Discreetly Blended and Seasoned by Christopher Morley letting out the furnace the prudent commuter and all commuters are prudent for the others are soon weeded out by the rigors of that way of life keeps the furnace going until early may in these latitudes assuming that there are small children in the house none of those april hot waves can fool him he knows that with cunning management two or three shovelfuls of coal a day will nurse the fire along and there it is in case of a sudden chilly squall but when at last he lets the fire die, and after its six months of constant and honorable service, the old boiler grows cold. The kindly glow fades and sinks downward out of sight under a crust of gray clinkers. Our friend muses tenderly in his cellar, sitting on a packing case. He thinks first how odd it is that when he said to himself, We might as well let the fire go out, it kept on sturdily burning, without attention or fuel, for a day and a half whereas if he had earlier in the season neglected it even for a few hours all would have been cold and silent he remembers for instance the tragic evening with the mercury around zero when having after supper arranged everything at full blast and all radiators comfortably sizzling he lay down on his couch to read leonard merrick intended to give all hands a warm house for the night very well but when he woke up around two a m and heard the tenor winds singing through the woodland how anxiously he stumbled down the cellar stairs fearing the worst his fears were justified there on top of the thick bed of silvery ashes lay the last pallid rose of fire for as every priophil has noted when the draught is left on the fire flees upward leaving its final glow at the top but when all draughts are shut off it sinkest downward shyly hiding in the heart of the mass so he stood still drowsily aghast while gissing the synthetic dog frolicked merrily about his unresponsive shins deeming this just one more of those surprising entertainments arranged for his delight now on such an occasion the experienced commuter makes the best of a bad job knowing there is little to be gained by trying to cherish and succour a feeble remnant of fire he will manfully jettison the whole business filling the cellar with the crash of shunting ashes and the clatter of splitting kindling but this pitiable creature still thought that mayhap he could by sedulous care and coaxing revive the dying spark with such black arts as were available he wrestled with the despondent glim during this period of guilty and furtive strife he went quietly upstairs and a voice spoke up from slumber isn't the house very cold it said is it said this wretched creature with great simulation of surprise seems very comfortable to me well i think you'd better send up some more heat said this voice in the tone of one accustomed to command right away said the panic-stricken combustion engineer and returned to his cellar wondering whether he was suspected how is it he wondered that ladies knew instinctively even when vested in several layers of blankets if anything is wrong with the furnace another of the mysteries said he grimly to the synthetic dog by this time he knew full well it was three a m 
that there was naught for it but to decant the grateful of cinders and set to work on a new fire such memories throng in the mind of the commuter as he surveys the dark form of his furnace standing cold and dusty in the warm spring weather and he cleans and drains it for the summer vacation he remembers the lusty shout of winter winds the clean and silver nakedness of january weather the shining glow of the golden coals the comfortable rustling and chuckle of the boiler when alive with a strong urgency of steam the soft thud and click of pipes when the pressure was rising before breakfast and he meditates that these matters though often the cause of grumbles at the time were a part of that satisfying reality that makes life in the outposts a more honest thing than the artificial convenience of great apartment houses the commuter no less than the seaman has fidelities of his own and faithful strict obedience to hard necessary formulae favors the combined humility and self-respect that makes human virtue the commuter is often a figure both tragic and absurd but he has a rubric and discipline of his own and when you see him grotesquely hasting for the five twenty seven train his inner impulse may be no less honorable than that of the ship's officer ascending the bridge for his watch under a dark speckle of open sky End of letting out the furnace.